the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The question is, but what does it mean to live by faith? We're good at throwing around religious cliches, and they have to do with faith. You've got to walk by faith. We say, uh, just believe, just believe God. God knows what he's doing, so just trust him. But what does that really mean? Tell me something I can sink my teeth into, something I can really get a hold of. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, but what exactly does that mean? Faith is more than just something we exercise at the time of salvation and then forget about it. It's a lifelong process that takes us out of the realm of the natural and puts us into the realm of the supernatural. It's something people will see in you that will make them ask you how come you are so different and how can they be more like you. Faith pleases God, but none of that really tells us what faith is. It just tells us what faith does. Perhaps the best way to explain faith is to give examples. From beginning to end, the Bible is full of wonderful examples of people living by faith. But there is one area of the Bible where we can go to see a special concentration of those examples. That's the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. That's where we begin our class today in the faith chapter. Welcome once again to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been teaching and ministering there since 1981. While he still serves in that capacity, his clear, practical, expository teaching methods have given rise to Verse by Verse Ministries and this daily Bible class of the air. Pastor Steve mentioned that when people talk about faith, it's hard to avoid cliches. Well, today we'll hear explanations that go beyond cliches and offer practical applications that we can actually understand and use. We will learn about faith the same way we learn so many other skills. I just found a website that boasts 11,509 videos showing how to do all sorts of things, like replacing the strings on your guitar or making chocolate fondue. There are all sorts of things we can learn by watching. We can even learn a lot about faith by watching. But I don't find any videos about godly faith on that website. Don't worry, though. God already gave us excellent examples to look at in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's turn our Bibles there now as we begin our class. And here is Pastor Steve. Well, this morning we have come in our study of the book of Hebrews to one of the most familiar chapters in the Bible, and that is the faith chapter chapter 11. So why don't you turn there to Hebrews chapter 11. I have found that even even Christians who find the earlier portions of the book of, of Hebrews difficult to understand and the background and all, all those things that are not that familiar with uh, to us often turn to chapter 11 for comfort, for encouragement, for strength in, in difficult times. Because in this chapter, And if you're not familiar with it, you're in for a treat because in this chapter, the writer presents a host of Old Testament characters, both men and women, who demonstrate 
what faith is. Actually, they demonstrated it's in the past. They demonstrated what faith is and how faith behaves. In fact, there are all kinds of titles people give for this chapter. It has been called the Saints Hall of Fame. Uh, it has been called the Heroes of the Faith chapter. And you see, each of these Old Testament men and women lived out their faith under difficult, difficult, difficult circumstances. Each of these people took God at his word, even though they never lived to see the actual fulfillment of his promises, they believed God. And they hung on to those promises, even though they could not see the fulfillment of them. In fact, that's what the writer wants us to, to see throughout this chapter. Uh, for example, chapter 11, verse 13, sort of a summation. says, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them, and, and he means they saw them by faith and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. And then he gives some specifics in, in verse 20, for example. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. Isaac never lived to see the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, that wonderful covenant, I'll make you a great nation. I'll give you this land. I'll multiply your seed. He, he never saw that. And yet, he gave a blessing based on that promise because he believed God. The things to come never materialized in his lifetime, but he believed God. Another example, verse 22, By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. And when Joseph died, Genesis says, or just obviously before he died, he said, I want you to bring my bones back to Israel. I want you to return them to the land. Why? Because even though the nation did not dwell in the land as a nation per se, there were uh, uh, some tribes of people. He said, God has promised that the land that now belongs to the Canaanites, are our land, that, that land is ours. And so by faith, he said, take my bones back. He never saw the fulfillment of that. He was in Egypt. Remember, his, the people were in Egypt but based on the fact that he knew that there would be an exodus because God had promised to take my bones back. Then how about Moses in verse 24? By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward by faith. He left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. That is to say, he saw God by faith, by faith. He just knew of promises of a coming Messiah. He never saw the Messiah. He never saw the fulfillments of Jesus Christ coming to earth. But uh, Moses, in spite of that, forged ahead, even though he had never seen these promises fulfilled, but he had God's promise and promises. How about verse 32? And what more shall I say, the writer says, for time will fail me if I tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms. By faith means they did not see the actual fulfillment, but they had the promise. By faith they conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection. And, and if you stop there, you say, wow, these guys were tremendous. And look at all the things I can do by faith. But they suffered too. Notice, 
and others were tortured. A, a nameless host of others, the majority of others, were tortured, not accepting their release in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. These people all lived by faith, which meant perseverance, mental and spiritual toughness, perseverance under adversity. They, they looked forward to the promise and the fulfillment of God's word. They never, never saw these promises fulfilled, but they forged ahead. In other words, they did not turn back. And, and that's, what it has, that, that's where this applies and fits in with the book of Hebrews. You cannot just isolate chapter 11 and say, isn't this a wonderful chapter? You have to see it coming out of chapter 10 and the rest of the book. Remember, the Hebrews that the writer was writing to uh, lived many years later than these heroes of faith, but they were undergoing persecution. All they had was God's promise of a better day in the future and promises that revolved around that, the coming kingdom of Christ, uh, the resurrection of the dead, the, the rewards in heaven, the promises of eternal righteousness, of a millennial kingdom, of all of these things related to that. That's all they had, and yet they were persecuted. Uh, they, were, they had pressure applied to them. If you look back at chapter 10, and we saw this last week, the writer says, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering. See, they, they suffered too, just like their ancestors partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and, and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property. I mean, they even had their property taken away, knowing that you have for yourselves, watch this, a better possession and an abiding one. You know about something that's in the future, just like the Hebrews of old. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great re reward. Don't be disloyal. Don't turn back now. Forge ahead. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. You see how it relates? In, in Hebrews 11, he is saying that all these men and women, the way they lived, watch them. They demonstrated what you need, and that's endurance. They lived it out. They have gone before you, and they were faithful. And they live by faith, and you have wonderful promises just like they did. You can't see, you don't see the fulfillment of them. But it's getting closer, and that's why he says in verse 37, For yet in a little while, he who is coming will come, that is Christ, and will not delay. It's getting closer. When he comes, he'll come quickly, and it will not be with delay. We actually say, and I mentioned this last week, well, if the Lord tarries, uh, the Lord is not going to tarry. We don't know when he's coming, but he's not tarrying. He will not delay. He will come. What do you do in the meantime? Verse 38, but my righteous one shall live by faith. Not referring to Christ, referring to us. Those who know Jesus Christ are to live by faith. That's what we do. So the question is, but what does it mean to live by faith? We're good at throwing around religious cliches, um, and they have to do with faith. You've got to walk by faith, we say. Uh, just believe, just believe God. God knows what he's doing, so just trust him. But what does that really mean? 
Tell me something I can, I can sink my teeth into, something I can really get a hold of. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, but what exactly does that mean? Well, the writer to the Hebrews basically says in chapter 11, you want to know what it is to live by faith? Let me present to you the men and women of faith. These men and women persevered. They endured. You need endurance? They endured. Watch their lives. You need to endure like them. You need to persevere. You need to live by faith. How? Watch them. Watch them. Observe how the ancient biblical characters live by faith. Follow these Old Testament men and women who have gone before us because their lives demonstrate what we need today. And it is very practical and applicable to us. If you're not undergoing persecution now, you will. If you're not suffering for the faith now, you will. It may not be physical persecution. Um, it may be emotional. It, it may be family. It may be financial persecution. Uh, but then again, it may turn out to be physical persecution, and uh, only time will tell. By the way, this would be especially pertinent to the Hebrews while it applies to us. Remember, the men and women of Hebrews 11 were their physical ancestors, for the most part. You have a few here who uh, would not be Hebrews themselves, such as Enoch and such as Abel, <laughs> but then they are spiritual ancestors. But these were, their, these were their forefathers, and he's saying, you want to live by faith, you be like them. You watch how they did it. And that's basically the heart of, of chapter 11, and that's where it fits into the scheme of this book. That sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Of course, we know it's not simple. It takes discipline and practice, but it starts with observation of good examples. Pastor Steve is going to go into detail about those examples in the days and weeks to come. As the baseball legend Yogi Berra once said, you can observe a lot just by watching. Well, he had an amazing grasp of the obvious, didn't he? But seriously, we will really learn a lot as we study the lives of these heroes of the faith. Pastor Steve will be back in a minute to continue the lesson with a partial definition of faith before moving on to some of our examples. First, though, we ought to take a moment to introduce ourselves to those who have just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today's class is the beginning of an in-depth study of Hebrews chapter 11. It's often referred to as the faith chapter. If you missed the start of class, don't run off when Pastor Steve finishes. I'll be telling you how you can download today's program or previous ones from our website, versebyverseradio.org. I'll give that web address again at the end of the program. Now, though, let's get back to class. Pastor Steve is about to dive into the first three verses of this chapter, which gives us at least a partial definition of faith to help us understand the rest of the chapter. Now, here is Pastor Steve. But before God starts presenting the heroes of faith before us, and it really starts in verse 4 with Abel, the, the first three verses of chapter 11 are very, very important because they describe what faith really is about. They describe faith. They define it. This is foundational to living a life of faith. You can't live it unless you know what it is, right? So let's read Hebrews chapter 11. I'll read verses 1 through 3, and then that's what we're going to go over this morning. Now, faith, the writer says, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. 
according to these verses, there are three truths that describe faith. You want to know what faith is? It's not an exhaustive definition. It's really not even a definition. It's more of a description. But number one, this is the first truth that describes faith. Faith is based on God's promises. That's what faith is. And I'm telling you, that's very important to understand because there are a lot of really flaky views about faith going around these days. The writer says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And he says it's the conviction or the evidence or the proof of things not seen. This is the only time to my knowledge in the Bible where the Holy Spirit actually tells us what faith is. In those words, faith is. And uh, some have said it's a definition, others a description. It's just, if it's a definition, it's not an exhaustive one. There's obviously a lot more that enters into this, but this is the heart of it. It's the only time in the Bible where God actually spells out what faith is. And the reason it's not an exhaustive definition is because the writer is not giving a treatise on faith as much as he is fitting the situation of the Hebrews and, and answering what they need to know. So the writer begins by saying, first of all, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The key word in this phrase is assurance. That's how, that's how my version translates it. Uh, the King James will translate it substance. And the reason, and, and maybe the NIV, I'm not sure, and other versions have different translations. And the reason being is that the Greek word that is used here is one of those words in the Greek language that has a number of connotations a number of connotations and usages. Uh, you could translate it legitimately essence, uh, substance, foundation, confidence, assurance. It's used many, many ways in Greek literature and, uh, and so forth. Uh, but when you sift through it all, and you don't need to be confused by this, when you sift through all the ways this word was used in Greek literature and in the Bible, the basic thought is confidence, assurance. Confidence assurance. Faith is the confidence assurance of things hoped for. But what are the things we hope for? All the promises that God has made in his word regarding the future. The things we don't have yet. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, and I'll, and I'll show you about hope, because people get confused on hope when it comes to the Bible. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. The apostle writes, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? So the Bible does not define hope as wishful thinking um, like, like we do. We say, I hope this happens. I hope something. We could easily say, I wish this would happen. But that's not how the Bible uses it. Hope is, is something that is promised to us that we don't see, but we have confidence in. It will happen. So, so the writer in, in Hebrews is using hope in the sense of the future promises of God. Uh, that would be, as I said before, the return of Christ, the redemption of our bodies, the millennial kingdom, the eternal rewards, eternal fellowship with Christ. Those things that you and I have not experienced, but we have the sure promise and promises of God in his word concerning them. So faith then is living in a hope so real that it gives us absolute assurance to the point that we base our lives upon these promises. That's why you could say faith is the substance. Faith is a substance in the sense it is so real you can, you can touch it. That's how real it is. It has substance, even though it's not been fulfilled yet. That's, that's why we often say, and it's translated, faith is a substance. It is so real, it has substance. 
In other words, faith is being sure and certain of what God has said. And the thing that I want you to understand above all else is faith is always based on God's word. That is extremely important to understand. Very important because there are some pretty funny views and false views about faith. For example, every once in a while you'll meet a Christian leader who is terribly courageous. And regardless of what what fields he was in, whether it be the ministry or business, he would just be one of these take charge kind of guys who says, follow me, and he leads his business or his people and oftentimes a church into some area that that maybe they they shouldn't even be in. And he says, let's live by faith. Aren't you going to, you know, believe God? Believe God about what? About what you think we ought to do? Uh, that is not faith. We have a word for that. It's called courage. Courage is not faith. But many people think because some leader who has charisma says, follow me, that it must be faith. Not necessarily. It might be stupidity. And what it might be, we don't know. But it, not, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's faith. So, I want you to understand that. Faith is based on God's word, not a leader who is just very, uh, very personable and, and a, and a, one who has a charismatic kind of personality. Secondly, faith is not a blind leap in the dark. It doesn't say, hey, I want to believe this, so I think I will. It makes me feel good about that, uh, about that. Well, that's not faith. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark, just I, I hope it's the right thing. I, it's wishful thinking. It, it, I want to believe it, 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 so it must be true. That's not faith. Also, faith is not vague and nebulous. That's something kind of floating out there. We'll just believe. Believe what? And faith is not based on feeling. I have peace, so this must be what God wants. Uh, It may be that you just have an emotional release and not necessarily peace. Faith is not, as I said, wishful thinking and longing. It has an object, and that object is the Word of God. It is based upon the conviction that what God says is true and reliable. And don't fall for people's schemes in the name of faith if it's not based on Scripture. You see, this is the way, and the reason I say this is this is the way the Old Testament believers lived. God promised them a future coming Messiah. He promised Israel a future coming kingdom of righteousness and prosperity. And they didn't know a lot about it. They didn't have as much light as we do today because they didn't have the New Testament. However, they took these promises as the foundation of their lives. That's why you could say faith is the foundation or faith is the substance. And they built their lives upon it. They never abandoned their their, uh, confidence in God's word. And even when it cost them their very lives, they lived their lives out to the full, believing that God would keep his word. That's faith. They had confidence, assurance, even though they didn't understand a great deal. God has revealed all we need to know about Him in order to make the decision to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and to trust Him in our daily lives. Never in this lifetime will we understand all that we'd like to understand, but we can trust in the fact that God has made promises and told us what they are. He has never failed to keep a promise in the past. And because of His infinite power and His faithfulness to His own Word, He will never fail to keep His promises in the future. Once we settle that in our minds, it becomes a matter of learning what those promises are, what God expects of us, and resting in our faith in Him as we simply do what He wants us to do, go where He wants us to go, and give what He wants us to give. Thank you for listening today. 
You have just heard the first of three parts of Pastor Steve's introductory message on Hebrews chapter 11. In our next verse-by-verse radio Bible class, Pastor Steve will continue to lay the foundation for our study of faith and how it should affect our lives. For over 25 years, Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff has been exercising his gift of expository preaching at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His practical explanations and applications of biblical truth have now been made available over the air through this daily Bible study brought to you by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who have first been supportive of their local church. If you missed the start of class today or you want to listen again, this program is downloadable at our website, versebyverseradio.org. You might think about signing up for our free podcasting service. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today's lesson is one of three parts of Pastor Steve's message describing faith. To hear the entire message at one time, you can order it on cassette or audio CD by calling 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a number and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-239-0306. And we look forward to having you in class again next time as we look at God's Word verse by verse. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.